Well, good afternoon, friends, and welcome to our podcast here for St. Andrew's Community Church. We are a global Methodist church, and we're so glad to have you tune in with us today. One of the things that we hope for every week, don't let us down. We're counting on you. Give us some questions as we're doing this about what might we mean or uh, just questions you have if you listened to last week's sermon. And, of course, by us, I'm talking about the people here to my left, Pastor Bonnie. Hello. Pastor Josh. Hola. And the man behind the That's scenes that makes it all happens for us, uh, our studio engineer, Jeff Smith. How you doing today, Jeff? I'm doing good. How about you guys? I'm doing good. Good. Can, can you give us a hockey update? We have not had an update on UCO hockey. Oh, sure. Yeah. So we finally wrapped up for the uh, fall semester. Okay. Um, uh, played OU this past weekend and nice. uh, was able to come away with two W's on that. So Congratulations. Hiatus for the time being and then uh, start back up, uh, play Iowa State first weekend of January. So what's your rank right now? Currently we're ranked number four in the nation. All right. So we're sitting right about where we want to be going into nationals but okay. we still got you know uh probably about uh four more five more weeks of hockey so hopefully we maintain right there at, at that level so they're going to keep you hungry excellent so uh before we go any further we were actually having a little off the air uh discussion and by we i mean josh and bonnie uh <laughs> about the bobbleheads for this week so josh can you enlighten us we're, we're talking hockey we're talking peace we're talking bobbleheads well what do we got going on joy joy Bless is the you. word Thank as you. we're moving into this next sunday right. and joy and hopefully you're doing the advent study and we've been we're reading about joy all week long and so i was thinking about things that bring me joy mm. and looking at my bobbleheads and you know my bobbleheads in general bring me joy mm -hmm. i love sitting in they my office better. and they just really looking better. at the you know, almost 200 bobbleheads sitting there. Makes and, you easy to shop for. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. But specifically, as I was looking at the Blazer bobbleheads, you know, today is a, a, a voting day, right? Right. Get right. out and vote out for and vote. a new arena, a new basketball. Before we had the Paycom Center, it was the Peak, and then it was the Ford Center. Before mm -hmm. the Ford Center. It was Wonder Bread. <laughs> before uh, the Thunder, before the Hornets. Before uh, any of that, um, we had a hockey team. 13-year-old mm -hmm. Josh would go to what was the Myriad. Then right. became the Cox Convention Center, and it's now like a, a Prairie movie, Wind Studios movie or... studio or something. <laughs> um, and uh, would go to the, the Myriad or the, the Fairgrounds, and our hockey team, the Oklahoma City Blazers. 13-year-old mm -hmm. um, Josh would go... It was Central Hockey League. I didn't know anything about hockey except for that there were fights. <laughs> and so we're loved talking. it. And I remember in 1992, 93, started going to the Blazer games. And uh, we would play teams like the Tulsa Oilers were mm -hmm. a rival. The Wichita Thunder was a rival. The Memphis River Kings. Mm -hmm. um, there was a team in Dallas and Fort Worth. And it, those teams would play each other constantly. And I remember going and didn't know anything about hockey, but I learned about hockey in that. And and I had so much joy going to those games. And these, uh, you know, these are the the representation of that joy okay. that I had as a kid going to those games. I remember one game. It was the Oklahoma City Blazers versus the Wichita Thunder. There were 330 penalty minutes in the oh game. Oh my gosh! Wow. The benches cleared. The goalies fought. It was like. 
a 13-year-old Josh's dream come true. <laughs> it was the most incredible sporting event I'd ever been to at that point and still ranks in the top five for me. And I've been to some incredible sporting events, blessed working at, you know, when I was at OU at the paper and going to, like, the, you know, bowl games and Big 12 championship games and went to Notre Dame and went to Nebraska. I've been to some great – sporting events and that one still is one that sticks out to me and so um, it's not the same sense of joy that we're going to talk about when we're talking about the joy we get from the Lord Mm -hmm. it's probably really more happiness because you know we'll talk the difference about those things but um, it represents a season in my life where there was a lot of joy because I loved learning a new sport and loved the Oklahoma City Blazers so it was a simpler time in life, young, and uh, and so that's why I brought my Blazer bobbleheads. I was going to say, young Josh went to hockey for fights, and old Josh just Goes enjoys the thrill of victory. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I went to my first NHL game. It was the Dallas Stars versus someone. I don't even remember. And this has been uh, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, and I, maybe even longer than that, maybe when I was in college. And I just remember so disappointed I left and there was no fights. No fight. And I was used to the CHL. They That was just kind of part of it. They right. just recognized that yeah. that was entertainment. They're doing anything they can to get fans to come. Right. It, it was a lower level you know, of hockey, um, you know, not anywhere near on par with NHL and other minor league uh, systems. And so, um, yeah, I just remember being so disappointed. I can't believe there were no fights. Well, and the, the hope. Uh, when they had the the Blazers, was to build Ford Center, you know, the peak, Paycom, all that, was so we could get an NHL that was team. The, that, was that was why Maps originally happened, was to build the Ford Center, and it was built for a hockey team. Yeah. And then, obviously, Hurricane Katrina happened, and the Hornets come, and the rest is history. Yeah, so I, I do want to say, as a political statement, when Josh said, get out and vote for the arena, he meant get out and vote – for the arena is on the ballot. Yeah, it's on the ballot. <laughs> vote. We, how- we don't want to endorse. <laughs> vote. How- I can't vote. I live in Norman. I can't That's vote. Yeah. But yeah. yes, get out and vote. That is the main thing is vote what your heart is one way or the other. Exactly. I know how I would vote. I just can't. I, don't I think we all know how you would, <laughs> you would vote. So let's let's move on. In in our Advent study, of course, we're talking about uh, remaining expectant. And the, the first week we talk about our hope in Christ. And the important thing, I think, coming out of that was our hope is not in something or for something. Our hope is in someone, that just as Christ came as a baby, the hope of our salvation is he's going to come back again and establish the reign of God on the earth, and that will that we remain expectant for that. The other thing then is week two, we, we talked about peace. We, we've gone on with that. And so one of the things that, that I like to do is I always like to see how in Scripture did this work with the first people who first heard this? Well, you know, we studied in seminary the yeah. sits in Laban, the well, situation yeah. in life. You know, and that's the cool thing about scripture. Scripture, all of it was written to someone right. at a yeah. specific time, in a specific instance, a specific everything. It Situation, was written to him. Yeah. It's not written to us. It's written for us. Right. right. We read scripture, and there are so many incredible things still today. It's why we say it's the living word of God. But it's good to recognize that there it was an original time, an original people that it was written to. And how would they have received that? What what things were going on that that prompted that letter or prompted that scripture to be written? And and so that's always a, a great thing to remember when we're studying the Word of God. I like the um, the thought that we are reading somebody else's mail. <laughs> 
yeah. when we when we when we read scripture mm-hmm. it's, especially yeah. especially the New Testament letters. Yeah. yeah, I don't believe they knew they were writing God's word. No, uh, but I think God knew, and that's why our view of how we interpret scripture is a little different. And talking about peace, the a lot of scripture comes to mind, but the one that I, I latched onto for the sermon was Isaiah when he talks about uh, Jesus will be called the Prince of Peace. And mm-hmm. just as we remain expectant, our hope is in someone. Our peace comes as fruit of that relationship that we have with Christ. And so um, Isaiah chapter 9 starts off, the it's just God's word saying, hey, y'all are walking in darkness. Assyria has invaded your nation. Your The land does not feel like what it should be. Uh, I want to be your God, but some of your kings don't want me to be your God, or they don't care who your God is. Yeah. Uh, and so I just, for me, it makes sense. I hope it made sense for other people that when we sin, God never wants us to do that. And I think sometimes God's just like, okay, I'm going to step back and do what you're going to do. And I'm going to come in later and clean up the mess. And that's what God was doing with Israel. And Isaiah says, the people who have walked in darkness, God is now saying, you're going to see a great light. Mm -hmm. And there's a connection between, at least in my thinking, Jesus, who said of himself, I am the light of the world. And this walk in light, and this baby's going to be born. There's there's a connection between the prophecy of Jesus being born as light of the world, but also (laughs) as a the Prince of Peace. And the the translation that we read, uh, one of the reasons I like it as a way it expresses things. And when God gives a promise that uh, this is what's going to happen, you're going to walk in light, a baby's going to be born. I love that it says the passionate commitment of the Lord is going to make this happen. Ooh. I just love that translation. So so when we think back in that situation and what Jesus did and, and how we see that fulfilled, what is it about that that we learn in terms of here's how we experience peace today? What what are some of the things you might grab from that? How we experience peace from from Jesus coming. Mm-hmm. I think just the fact that he came um, meant that God wanted to be in relationship with us. God wanted mm-hmm. to reconcile um, with his people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he, hadn't, and, he hadn't given up. Yeah. And he hasn't given up. I'm sorry. I'm not close enough to the mic, am I? Sorry. I'm glad (laughs) Jeff gave us that sign. I I just sometimes find myself wanting to Get up there, Bonnie. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so God God sent his son. God um, came to earth um, and... um, and wanted to reconcile with his people. The fact that he came meant um, taking a drastic step to make peace with humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just I just think that that's a beautiful well, and idea. That, that is the gospel at its core. Yeah. I mean, you just think, and I know I've referenced this multiple times on this podcast and, and in sermons, but I always go back to Genesis 3. The fall, they eat mm-hmm. the apple or the fruit of the mm-hmm. tree of good knowledge yeah, of good and evil. Yeah, it could have been a pomegranate. It could have been. <laughs> I think it was a watermelon. I don't think those grow on a tree. <laughs> because of the, that's that's left out of scripture. The I'm tree, not a farmer, the, but I don't the, think of watermelon. The tree was cursed and had tree. to crawl on its belly with the snake. Because I don't like watermelon. It's not tempting to me at all. It could have been watermelon. a lemon, and maybe God was just like, you're not going to like the taste of that. <laughs> <laughs> but I go back to that because... In that, God, 
is walking in the cool evening breeze, mm-hmm. pursuing Adam and Eve, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing what they had done, not yelling at them, not, you know, but recognizing that yeah. this, this has happened. And all of scripture, all of history is that symbolizes what God has been doing taking steps to pursue us and in Jesus, right? right, That's even a, a, another level, another step Mm -hmm. of God pursuing us to restore peace, to restore relationship, to reconcile with us. And I, I think that was critical to understanding what is going on. Again, we put it in its context, the, the people walking in darkness, the nation of Israel, uh, they want to be their own nation. They, they are tired of the oppression from other nations. And, of course, this doesn't completely fix it when this happens because next Babylon's going to come in yep. and, and take them over, and they're right. really going to be taken away into exile. But the, the promise that a child's going to be born is going to be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And part of, I think, what Israel's hearing because this is what we read in the gospel, is they expected that this child that's going to be born is going to be this great warrior. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. going to be a leader. It's going to be someone you don't mess with. Uh, I don't think they fully grasp the idea that what Jesus is doing is not to come and help our nation conquer all other nations. Right. What Jesus is coming to do is conquer the sin that separates us from God so that the peace he brings is peace we have with God. Yes. And I think, like, I loved the point that you made in talking about peacekeeping being different than peacemaking. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think in some ways they were expecting a peacekeeper. Yes. Someone who would come and and reign. Yeah. In the the way that people would have reigned in that time period. Right. And and Jesus comes as a peacemaker. And you said there's a difference there. And so I wanted to give you an opportunity to expound Mm -hmm. on that. Because sometimes in sermons, we don't always have all of the time to right. expand on things. And so that was one of the things as, as you were preaching Sunday that I thought that I wanted to ask today is in your mind, what do you see the differences? And, and I know Bonnie has some ideas and I have some ideas, but when you think of peacemaking mm-hmm. versus peacekeeping, what are some of the, the key differences? One of the things I immediately go to is the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. And mm-hmm. Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers. He doesn't say blessed are the peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. And, and I almost said Sunday, because this isn't really something that was in my notes so much, but sometimes when we keep peace, that's how we make peace. Mm-hmm. And by that, what I mean is things are at peace. Don't stir the waters. Don't yeah. bring up strife. But when there is conflict, we're not asked us to go along to get along. We're to be proactive in helping make peace of a situation. You know, my favorite Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I love the line. I think it's what um, the lyric fits this idea is it says, you know, God and sinners reconciled. Peace does not mean we agree and we get along and we sing Kumbaya. Mm -hmm. Peace means that somehow in the conflict and the turmoil that happens, we're reconciled. We're reconciled to each other. We're reconciled to God. So to make peace has to be active. I appreciated when you preached on forgiveness that you said, uh, when somebody has hurt you and they apologize, you teach your kids not to say, well, it's okay. Well, if it was okay, they didn't need to apologize. Mm -hmm. And instead say, I accept your apology. And I think that's what we find 
with the idea of God making peace with us. It doesn't mean God saying, well, you know, it didn't matter. It's, it's okay. You know, <laughs> I think God what says is, you send I, us, I, no big deal. <laughs> I, I, I accept your apology. That I mean, that's just kind of a top of my head thought. Yeah. I would love to hear what y'all have to say because y'all obviously have discuss this and right. thought about this so tell me your thoughts i love bonnie's thoughts on this so i'm gonna i'm gonna let her go first y'all like bonnie's red lipstick today <laughs> we've really been talking to her about a red lipstick <laughs> it was all over her face it's in her, it's in her hair they are not supposed I, to know these i don't know things. what she was doing but Little uh, behind the scenes this is the stuff we were discussing literally five seconds before we came on air <laughs> <laughs> so Peace yeah, yeah. versus can, peace. Can we make peace here? Yeah, you're not being very peaceful. You're like starting a fight right now. What are you doing? Grab the popcorn, Jeff. Grab the popcorn. Um, okay, so the way the way that I see it, the difference between peacemaking and peacekeeping um, is that peacekeeping means that you um, will either like either your voice or the other person's voice is taken away. And I see this a lot when people are like, okay, well, we'll just have to agree to disagree. Um, and that's just, and I understand the the need to say that sometimes, because sometimes it's just like, okay, you know what? You're mad. I'm mad. We should probably walk away. I guess I shouldn't say that to her anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so, but I, so I understand the desire that comes from saying, let's just agree to disagree. Um, but when when you agree to disagree, there is no reconciliation to the conflict. There's no there's no pretty perfect bow on it. It's just okay. Time out. We're we're just not going to talk about this anymore because you're mad and I'm mad and we can't get along. Um, instead, if you are a peacemaker, you can understand that sometimes making peace requires conflict. Um, and so maybe making peace with someone means. You know, we have had these issues between us for a very long time. There is conflict. There is, there is um, hard feeling. There are hard feelings between us. Um, but I want to reconcile with you. I want to make peace with you. Um, and that is that might require me getting hurt or you getting hurt because us reconciling is more important than our feelings. Um, and we see, when we see Jesus making peace, we see him stepping in and he gets really hurt in the process. Mm -hmm. Like God takes on all of the pain um, of the consequences of our sin. Um, and the, the conflict is resolved. It is finished. Things are, are, are wrapped up in a nice... Um, bow that that required our savior to be hurt in the process mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes it does in in and being a peacemaker sometimes our feelings do get hurt or sometimes other people's feelings get hurt but the most important thing is at the end of it that peace has been accomplished um, and so that that's all of that to say that there you know each situation is different mm -hmm. um, and that boundaries are important um, when you are, are around somebody that um, is as um, intentionally trying to hurt you or if you're the person who's trying to intentionally hurt you need to respect other people's boundaries but in order to create peace to make peace um, sometimes it means um, Stirring the conflict up a little bit. Yeah, I love how you you phrased it. It means someone doesn't have a voice. Yeah. Either mm -hmm. you or the other person. Because the way I look at the two things as I've thought more about it is I see peacekeeping as the like if, if you've got a line that's about peace. Mm 
<laughs> I see peacekeeping being the two extremes, either leading in a way that causes fear. Uh, and so there's peace because we don't want to tick the leader off. Yeah, we no, don't no, wanna, no. Yeah. And so there's peace. And, and so that's peacekeeping or um, avoiding conflict like the plague, <laughs> not having the difficult conversations because you're going to keep peace. And those are the two extremes. And I see yeah. peacemaking as the is the middle. It's where you have the difficult conversations. It's where you, it's very complex and you work through things with the goal of being peace, not the, not the passive or aggressive yeah. peace that comes mm -hmm. from fear mongering or just avoiding conflict, but having the difficult, hard conversations in order to make peace. And, and when we think, you know, again, I, putting it in the, Jesus in the cultural context he lived in, Rome was in charge, yeah. not yes. the Babylonians anymore. They didn't yeah. drag them away. Rome came and said, we're taking over. Anybody want to mess with us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And this was what I remember studying in history was the Pax Romana, yep. the Roman peace. How did the Romans uh, make peace? Uh, you do what we tell you, we're going to kill you. Yep. And, and to that end, when Jesus is being charged and they take him before Pilate, you see Pilate just saying... I'm washing my hands of this. What I don't want is I don't want all you Jews stirring up controversy in my governing area yeah. because that's not Roman peace. Yeah. So, yeah, if y'all need to kill him, kill him. Well, and the reality is if God was a peacekeeper and not a peacemaker, we wouldn't have free will. Yep. We wouldn't have free will. That's a good thought. We yeah. would just be puppets that do whatever the God commands us to do mm -hmm. right free will makes it where peacemaking has to take place god has to pursue us and and uh um you know free will is is the main difference there if we didn't have free will then god would just be a peacekeeper that created a bunch of robots so one of the things i brought up in the sermon was a couple of points made by a guy i think he's a pastor his last name is vreeland v-r-e-e-l-a-n-d and he was talking about um if peacemaking is our business, forgiveness is our currency. Amen, and he, yeah. he, he offered the idea that before we can make peace, we have to have peace in ourselves before we can extend it to others. And so he was giving us some ideas. Here's how you can make peace with yourself so you can then extend it to others. And the first one was to offer forgiveness. That's... And uh, that is a tremendous gift God has given us <laughs> by sending Christ to live among us is so ultimately our sin would be forgiven, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the second thing he offered was choose civility over arguments. Mm -hmm. And during this season, you know, if you go see family, especially if you travel to see family and you're staying for a couple of days, eh, pretty good chance maybe there'd be a little tension there <laughs> yeah. at some point, a little argument. After I wrote this, and, and I think a lot of people know, I write my sermons on Thursday morning, and Friday I'm out Christmas shopping, and I am texting back and forth with a family member, and, and it's all I can hear is choose civility over <laughs> arguments. It takes two people to argue. Don't be the second That's person. That's the Holy Spirit. Oh my to goodness! You, sir. I, 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 I knew that it was the Holy Spirit speaking yes. to me, and sometimes you know it's kind of like, well, you just turn your head for a second. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I wrote some text responses yeah, that made me yeah. feel really good, and then and I then deleted, deleted them. I, I did not send them. The delete button is a friend in choosing <laughs> civility. It really is. Um, but what that helps me do is get to the place where you push my buttons, I'm ready to fight, but I'm going to choose peace. I don't know that I scored 100. I don't know that I got an A yeah. on that test of my faith, mm-hmm. uh, but the the end result was to be forgiving and, and make peace. This is a family member. This is someone yeah. I love. It wasn't my wife or kids. I just want to be clear about that. Well, uh, the, and the last point you made is the key to the first two points. When you make time, uh, how you put, make time to calm to your calm soul. To calm your soul. Mm-hmm. When your soul is calm, it's a lot easier to offer forgiveness. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to choose civility over arguing. It's in the seasons where there's no peace, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about. Uh, you know, we've been talking about. Um, it's because there's chaos. It's because we haven't taken time to care for ourselves, to calm our souls, and so we respond and we react rather than. Uh, in ways that we shouldn't, rather than offering forgiveness mm-hmm. and offering grace and being patient and choosing civility, mm-hmm. we we react to how what's being said to us or done to us in in unhealthy ways because we're not in a, a good frame of mind, and right. in a good place with our soul. Right. Yeah. One of the things that um, I'm looking at for this week, and just a little segue, you know, now we're going to move into to joy. And a couple of months ago, I'm reading through the. Uh, you know, Second Corinthians, just in my devotional time, and I come across this passage on joy, and it really has, in my opinion, I'm trying to make sense of this so I don't mess up on Sunday, but the context is because Christ has forgiven us, here's joy, and I'm thinking, yeah, we want to offer forgiveness, choose civility, calm our souls, and, and now a fruit of that is joy. Yeah. So what do y'all think of with joy? We sing joy to the world. Uh, Bonnie had mentioned something in a conversation about what that song is really about. I don't know if you want to yeah, bring about, that comment Yeah, it's up. about the second coming of Christ. If you, if you listen to the lyrics, um, it's joy to the world, the Lord has come. And it says, let earth receive her king. Um, let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. And so it sounds like it could be about when Jesus comes as a baby. Um, but then you listen to the second verses. He rules the world with truth and grace um, and makes, makes the, the nations, nations prove. Um, the glories of his, his righteousness, righteousness and wonders, and wonders of, of, his of his love. So when you when you when you see it, it's like like um, you know, like we were talking about. Sometimes you have to know the context of things. When you see it in the context of this is a song about the future, about what it's going to be like, what we can expect when Jesus comes again. Um, it, it just changes changes everything. Well, so I think when it's beautiful. I, when I think of joy, and it, it's interesting as I've thought about this more and more. Each of these words at the end of the day is a choice. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yeah. can choose hope because right. of the character of God. We can choose peace. Mm-hmm. We can choose joy. And and this morning in the video that I posted on Facebook, I've been posting a couple times a week to go along with the Advent study that we have going. Um, and, and the way I think of it is, is we can choose joy in all circumstances because God is faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Because God is who he says he is and he'll do all he's promised that even in the really difficult hard times, even in the difficult situations, um, we can choose joy because we know that it's not the end of the story. We know that God is at work in all things. We know that God may not have made, may not have planned for 
whatever is going on in your lives, but because of his sovereignty, because of his faithfulness, he'll make a plan of it. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, gives us hope that gives us peace that allows us to be joyful, right? Happiness is about circumstances, happenstance. If things are good, I'm happy. If things are bad, I'm not. But joy, we can have joy in all circumstances because God is faithful. Mm -hmm. I would just point out though, that, um, it is a choice. Yes, it's a choice. But sometimes that is a really, really, really difficult choice to make. Oh, I'm not saying sometimes it's we easy. don't want to make that choice. Yeah. But thankfully, yeah, sometimes like I DA, want to be mad. <laughs> I don't want peace. I don't want joy. <laughs> right. Thankfully, like DA, we do have the power of the Holy Spirit who is creating that fruit within us. Um, and and. Um, sometimes, like we can't do that in our own power, so we have to look at God and be like, Lord. I need you to make me, <laughs> make me a person who is going to make peace. Make mm-hmm. me somebody who is going to um, fight for joy when I don't feel joyful. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, and so that's yeah, that's just wanted to point that out no, because it I, is no, a choice, I, I, but it's not all all I just in that. our own power. Yeah, you know, again, joy to the world. Uh, the, the thing in one of the lines in there, uh, joy to the world. The Savior reigns. You know, coming back. Uh, no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his mercy known. Well, and even you know, when you look as, as the, the curse, curse is found, is found. Yeah. Yeah. even in Luke, right? I the angels come to the shepherds. We have good news that will bring great great joy, joy. to everyone. Right? The joy is in Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so all these words, obviously, the reason they're the words chosen for the season of Advent is because they all point back to Jesus. They're all possible because of Jesus. Yeah. Right. Do you right. ever do you think of the song Trading My Sorrows when you think of joy? OK, so um, <laughs> I, there is another song we sing at other times of yeah. the year that I'll use next week when okay. we talk about love. Yeah. Uh, but Trading My Sorrows. Yeah. I'm laying them I, that's down that's very two thousands. Well, that might be end of the nineties. Josh, do you have a CD? <laughs> it's, it's a long time ago. Let me just tell you that. It's I'm sure. Still a great I'm sure song. DA's got the CD in his office. You know, I I probably do have a CD. And if y'all don't know, this is the ongoing joke that we have around here. Is that I have a collection of CDs, and and Josh is always wanting to borrow my CDs, nope. so he can throw them away. <laughs> yes. You know, he. I even asked DA this morning, when was the last time you played any of these CDs? He doesn't even have a CD player in his office. I, not he's anymore. Got, he's got hundreds of CDs in his office, and he can't play. Uh, hundreds any of might be exaggerating it a little far. bit. You no, I have a multi-disc changer in my car. You told me that the CDs on the the, That's not all I have. I have. Are just there because you ran out of room. I, I think out. we're going to have to agree to disagree. No, I, I, I ran out of room in my hutch. It only held like, you know. <laughs> no, probably about 40. <laughs> so, okay, we're getting crazy. It's time to, to wrap up. Uh, any closing thoughts you all have today? I'm just excited for this Sunday yeah. uh, as we look at joy more and as we now we're less than two weeks away from Christmas Eve and Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, great things planned, 9, 10, 30 the next, uh, this next week. And then on Christmas Eve, we've got 10 a.m. service. It'll be week four of Advent. Right. And then we'll have our three Christmas Eve services. Candlelight three o'clock will services. be the kid-friendly, which is going to be awesome. And then 5 and 11, which will be awesome, candlelight communion services. So a lot of great things packed into a short amount of time over these next couple weeks. It's been a great Advent. I think it will just continue to get better. Jeff was sharing with me yesterday, we will have four full orchestra to worship with on this Sunday. And that just 
is if there's any time we sing, we sing during this time. So, yeah. friends, so glad that y'all joined us today. Uh, whether you're watching this live or watching this on demand, we're grateful to have this opportunity just to to think about our faith and how we relate to God. God bless you. I hope we see you on Sunday. <laughs>